so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome to the ERLC podcast. This week we'll hear from Sharon Ford, Program Director of Adoption and Orphan Care Outreach at Focus on the Family. I know other kids in foster care and I tell them about the foster family that I have and how that family prays over me. I tell them about the family that takes me to church and tells me that everything's going to be all right because there's a God that loves me. And my friends tell me that their foster families aren't like that. And I wish for them better. I wish for them more, but their change hasn't come quite yet. Amazingly, there are over 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system. At the ERLC Evangelicals for Life Conference, Sharon Ford challenges the church to bring stability to children within a system that knows change all too well. We hope that this message encourages you to get involved. Stay tuned for more information. My name is Sharon Ford, and I serve as the Director for Adoption and Orphan Care for Focus on the Family. I think about the children all the time, the children who are in the foster care system here in the United States, and there are some 400,000 children. And every day in the lives of those children, as they come into the foster care system, they know a couple of things. And one of the things that they know is a weight that they have to wait for the caseworker. They have to wait to be interviewed by the police. They have to be wait to get a physical exam. They have to wait to get into school. And you say, well, but they were just in school. But yes, they're changing schools, so they have to wait. They have to wait to hear the judge's decision about their life. They wait. The second thing that kids in foster care know is change. Their school has changed. Their life has changed. Their friends changed. Their, where they sleep has changed. Their community may also have changed. And so they know waiting and they know change and they know uncertainty. The life of a child in foster care is filled with change and wait. It's filled with the what ifs and the how comes. And by the way, who cares? Who cares that you've been abused or neglected? Who cares that you've had to change where you've been to where you're going? And oh, by the way, do you even know where you're going? Because things have changed for you. The image behind me 
is the seed. The ripples of the seed in some child's life. Some 400,000 children's lives are rippling every single day. There are handprints and footprints on those children's lives because people are touching them, asking them questions, wondering about what's going on with you. Why aren't you talking? Why won't you eat? Or why are you overeating? Why are you stuffing yourself filled with food? To mask the pain, to mask the trauma that you've been exposed to because somebody who said they loved you hurt you. And yet you wait. You wait for change to come. You wait for things to change in your life, for things to get better. And who brings better to you? Does the caseworker who's now assigned to your case, do they bring change that brings better to you? But guess what? Guess what else is going to change? That caseworker is going to change. And so, yes, you've had an intake worker. Now you have an ongoing worker. And if you're lucky and mama changes and daddy changes, you get to go back home. Mom's got the services that she needs. And so you don't wait anymore in foster care. You go back home. Home, because that's what government's supposed to help you do, is to stay with family. But they're the people who took you from family to protect you from the situation that you were in. And so you've experienced change. You've experienced waiting. But you desire to wait no more. There are people who come and impact your life and there are rays of hope like that sunflower on a busy, busy, sunny day as it reaches to the heavens to receive the rays of light that shine down upon you. Hope begins to flood in because, you know, there's some people who've been praying. They've been praying in the morning. They've been praying in the noonday. They've been praying in the evening and They've said, yes, God, you've called me to be a foster parent. And so I'm going to go and sign up to be in the, go through the process and go through what it takes to be certified so I can have a child come be in my home. And and when the child comes into a home that's been prayed for, a home where Christ rules, reigns, a home where love exists and Change really is different. The child comes in and they, they, they know something's different. Oh, oh, the people are praying over their food and oh my, oh my God, they're asking me to go to church and oh, oh, and yes, go to Bible study with them. It's change. It's more change in my life, but this change is different. This family is saying they're, going to pray for my mom, they're going to pray for my dad, and they're going to pray and hope that I get to go back home again. This family that has been raised up in a church is praying for me to go back home so that I don't wait anymore so I can go home. They stand up and they stand in the gap for me so I go back home. I no other kids in foster care, and I tell them about the foster family that I have and how that family prays over me. I tell them about the family that takes me to church and 
tells me that everything's going to be all right. Because there's a God that loves me. And my friends tell me that their foster families aren't like that. And I wish for them better. I wish for them more. But their change hasn't come quite yet. Because, see, that's the only foster family that has come from my church. The church that I now go to. That's the only family that has said, I want to make a difference. There are children who want to be in a foster family who will pray over them. Who will pray with them. Who will pray for them. That will help them get back home. So that they wait no more for mom, for dad. When change doesn't come, and the courts decide that a different kind of change is going to happen, the change of you being no longer a child temporarily in foster care, but now you're moving to a child who will stay in foster care because your parental rights have been terminated. The petals of that previous flower don't quite look the same. But a God in heaven brings a new petal. And not just one petal. You're driving down the road as you go to Kansas. And on the highway, you begin to see one sunflower after the next sunflower after the next. And you say, what is this? Oh, that sunflower is this church, and that sunflower is that church, and this sunflower is that church. Oh, there's more than one church in this community. And the rays of hope are shining on those churches. And that means the rays of hope are shining on the families that go to that church. But the child in foster care is wondering, will those rays of hope shine on me? And it will if the doors of those churches open through the families to the children who are waiting in foster care. The judge has terminated the child's parental rights because mom, for whatever reason, couldn't or didn't get her act together. But change continues to happen. Change happens as they move into the next foster home and they move into the next foster home and the next foster home. And God says, stop, stop moving. And he causes the stop moving to happen because he raises up a foster family that says, I'm willing to adopt you. And that rocks your world. There are a hundred thousand children today who are waiting for their world to be rocked. They're waiting for a family to open their doors and open their hearts so that their change can stop. The change of moving from home to home, the change of moving from community to community, the change of moving from school to school. Kids are waiting for their world to be rocked, for a family to say, 
I want you to be a part of my family this day, to take on my family's name, to be my son, my daughter, my grandchild, my aunt, for you to have new aunts and new uncles. That's the kind of change I want to bring to you, a change of belonging. I don't want the change of wondering who you are or whose you are to be a part of your DNA any longer. The church is in a unique position to inspire children to a soar and achieve new heights to gain all the things that every child should want to gain a place of knowing who you are being able to study to grow to be loved and to love the church inspires the body of Christ to make a difference in the lives of other people the church inspires us to know the gospel and as gospel believing people we have an opportunity to inspire children to know that they are the most valuable individuals on this earth no it doesn't matter what size you are okay people go for infants but what about those adolescents those smart mouth neck breaking hip shaking adolescents there's somebody that will stand up for those children too will it be you because our kids don't deserve to wait any longer the inspiring church where are you see if there's one sunflower i've never just seen one sunflower in a field so that lets me know that there are lots of churches all around the country all around the city all around the community because every time i see a sunflower i think of the church vibrant filled with life soaring reaching for the heavenlies and that's just where our kids deserve to be in places that inspire in places that will help nurture you grow you keep you nestled cuddled cared for protected loved and honored i think of that when i think of the sunflower and i think of that when i think of the church and our children those 100,000 children who are waiting today that's what they're thinking about they're thinking about a place to belong not have to search any longer about where i should go i should go to church the church will accept me the church will bring me in the church will make a difference in my life you see in this last picture my idea of the big c church not just the baptists not just the church of god in christ not just the catholics and lutherans presbyterians the anglicans not just but all when the big c church comes together when we all get together what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all get together the kids will have family but it will take all of us playing it'll take all of us getting out of our sandboxes 
It'll take all those walls coming down. It'll take people having courageous conversations. It'll take people willing to sit down at the table and saying, well, if you do this, I can do that. Because see, everybody's not called to adopt, but everybody is called to do something. So if you adopt, how about I help drive the kids to where they need to go? Oh, okay, if, if, if you foster, how about I buy the cheerleading uniform? Oh, okay, if, if you adopt, how about I bring you a couple of meals several times a month? Oh, okay, everybody can do something. And when everybody, when the whole church does something, kids are loved. Kids are protected. Kids have a place to belong. Kids grow. They're nurtured. They stand in a place of hope. Kids can stand tall when somebody loves me. No child should ever have to ask the question, does anybody love me today? Does anybody care about me today? I believe that the Big C Church is a place filled with hope. Filled with promise. Filled with an opportunity to welcome all of God's children in. Just a hundred thousand. Just a little bitty number. But it will take all of us doing our part. For the kids to know. That we care for them and are willing. Prayerfully to make a difference. So that really that no child will be left behind. When the big C church stands up. There will be rejoicing in heaven. When the big C church calls everybody sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. All the children will matter. Yellow, black, brown and white. Doesn't matter. The size or the color of their skin, the age, every child will matter. And then the kingdom of heaven will rejoice because the big C church said we all got together and cared for God's little ones. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the ERLC podcast. To find more information about adoption, the sanctity of life, and our upcoming Evangelicals for Life conference, visit evangelicals.life.